This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Boat Trader, America's largest boating marketplace, offering easy financing and over 100,000 boat listings to choose from. Sell, find, and finance new or used boats on America's largest boating marketplace. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. I'm just out there, you know. I mean, if you visualize a flat brim, you know, rap music, tank top wearing gym rat, I can, I can say without any shame, like, there's not a mountain in North America that I would even think twice about hunting. I'm a, I'm a, a serial killer when it comes to these animals. I stalk them religiously. He's saying if you don't wear, you know, self-tanner, you're, you're not a good hunter. Am I a good hunter? No, I'm a terrible hunter. I'm, I'm one of the worst hunters ever because I'm very, very often do stupid stuff like that. And it gave me a gut check. You don't have to be a physique competitor on stage to be a good bow hunter. I'm just saying improve with what you already have. Hey, this is Zach Griffith. You're listening to Living Country in the City, episode 16. Y'all ready for your dose of flyover state spirit? Straight from the concrete jungle? Well, put down your latte and pull on your boots. It's time for Living Country in the City. So in honor of maybe National Physical Fitness Month and also pretending like I didn't just find that out the day I'm recording this podcast, I figured it would be the perfect time to talk fitness for hunting. And there's not many people out there better to talk to about hunting fitness than Zach Griffith. If y'all don't know Zach, this dude is a hunter, an outdoorsman, an absolute beast. This guy loves physical fitness and is pretty much guaranteed to be one of the toughest dudes on any mountain he's on. And he's always got some great tips for getting into shape for not just hunting season, but for the entire year. So, Zach, thank you so much for hopping on the call with me today. Oh, thanks for the opportunity, man. I love to talk about this stuff. So, really quick, for uh, those of my listeners who don't uh, aren't as familiar with you, why don't you kind of just give me a quick background on kind of yourself and your history with hunting? Um. My, my history with hunting began like most, uh, well, not, not most of us, a lot of us. My, I grew up, you know, just, it was a culture in our family. We were rifle hunters. We'd hunt, you know, one weekend a year in October and talk about it for the other, you know, 51 weeks of the year. <laughs> um, it, I was just cultivated at a very young age to just be obsessed with nature and hiking and hunting and 
shooting guns. And it's just, you know, my dad just instilled that, that love into me. And then as I grew older and had more time and resources, I expanded and hunted other animals and with other weapons and in different areas. And, you know, the, the, the common theme is that the more I do it, the more I just grow obsessed with it. And there's, there's just nothing out there that compares uh, in this world. You can make a lot of money. You can be successful. You can be happy. But when you're in the mountain, you there's so much, you know, trial and so much uh, introspection and um, you, you literally like grow when you're hunting and it's physically, mentally, emotionally. I mean, it's just the connection that's out there. And so, uh, you know, not to get too philosophical, it's just very rewarding and fulfilling to do it. And then I've learned because I'm obsessed with lifting weights and training and dieting and nutrition and all that stuff that there is a correlation between taking care of your body and how well you can get around and navigate on the mountain. And so my platform, my social media uh, motivator has always been to share what I'm passionate about and kind of, kind of with no filter, I guess that's gets me in trouble sometimes, <laughs> but not that I'm not that I'm crude or inappropriate. I'm just, I'm just out there. You know, I mean, if you visualize a flat brim, you know, rap music, tank top wearing gym rat and I'm a bow hunter <laughs> and I'm affiliated with a, a bunch of big bow and, and outdoor companies. So I'm definitely not, you know, I guess I'm going against the grain, but it's just who I am. And I, it's not really something I'm ashamed of or anything like that. And I, I feel like it kind of opens doors for a lot of guys that may think, well, you know, I'm an inner city guy or it's not really, you know, I'm not a hunter. I'm not a redneck, et cetera. You know, like, hunting has nothing to do with where you're from or what you're about. It's it's once we're on the mountain, we're all on the same team. So I've tried to, I've tried to put that out there and I've taken a, you know, a ton of flack as a result, but it was expected. So, well, you know, that's one of the things, uh, like I mentioned earlier, that's that my whole podcast is about. It's, you know, it's not about to be a hunter, to be an outdoorsman. You don't have, you don't have to have grown up in Montana or in the South or in these places that are super, you know, very stereotypically associated with hunting. You know, I'm straight from Los Angeles and, uh, you know, this is a passion of mine. So it's, uh, it's good to hear that perspective coming from other people. I actually talked with, uh, one of my, one of my first few podcasts was with a group out of New York called Bowhunter Brotherhood and their whole, uh, their whole thing is they're, you know, they're New York guys and, and they still love to hunt and fish. And, uh, they've got, they've got some fantastic gear actually. That's, uh, that is not totally embarrassing to wear around, <laughs> around the city, uh, on a yeah. given day, but, um, that's nice. but yeah, so, uh, our subject for the day is, is really fitness for hunting. And I mean, I'm going to, I'm going to ask why, why do I need to be in shape to go hunting? Really? What benefits does being fit give me when I go out hunting? Well, the way I see it is this, you got two or three months a year to hunt. You got eight or nine months or 10 months to prepare and relish and contemplate and dream about hunting. So my take is this, even if you're not a gym rat, why would you not want to be in shape so that when you do get two months, you're capitalizing on that opportunity with having a body and a mind and a physique that's prepared to not only hunt, but also to not be limited by, you know, your physical capacity to, to get around. I mean, 
I can, I can say without any shame, like there's not a mountain in North America that I would even think twice about hunting. I don't care where it is. Uh, I, you know, I'll, pre- I'll pack my gear, I'll prepare and I'll get in there and it, it, it's never even an issue for me. So, um, the answer to your question is I feel like your hunts are better. They're funner. They're more fulfilling. Your recovery is faster. You're going to be more successful generally if you are physically uh, prepared through physical fitness and diet nutrition well in advance of the hunts. Well, I'll tell you, you know, I'm, I'm getting prepared to go on my first elk hunt, my first backcountry hunt. And, you know, I've been, I've been working, I've been training. Um, and, but I still all admit, I look and, you know, I'm reviewing some of these units in Idaho and that's, you know, not all of that is exactly flat land. And I'll look at some and I'll be like, oh man, that's going to be, you know, am I going to be able to physically handle that? And to get to the point where that's not even a consideration anymore, where it's like, where I just have the confidence in my own physical abilities to say, oh yeah, don't even, that's not even a consideration then, you know, that's, that's an, would be an awesome place to be. Yeah. One, one, one issue I've run into is with my delivery of my content and my opinions and my, 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 my version or my opinions of things is that I somehow relay this, this sentiment that if you're not shredded, you can't kill stuff. And that's not what I, I don't advocate that. I don't believe that. I don't uh, prescribe it. I don't, that's not even in my, it it doesn't even cross my mind. So you got to realize like you don't have to be a physique competitor on stage to be a good bow hunter. I'm just saying improve with what you already have. Why, why would you not improve? Like improving is good for everybody. Everyone needs to improve. We're all at different levels. It's not a competition. So you, you and your elk hunt and your prep for it has nothing to do with me and my goals in fitness mm-hmm. and hunting. And as long as we're both working towards improving, how is that not like awesome? You know what I mean? Like it, it's very strange how people try to take away from it and try to decipher these, these underlying themes like, Oh, he's, he's saying, if you don't wear, you know, self tanner, you're, you're not a good hunter. I, I killed this deer and I'm not in shape, you know, whatever. That's fine. Um, but I, I know from my personal experience that the years that I've done more cardio, that I've trained more cardiovascularly, like I used to do triathlons and stuff, those were some badass hunting seasons because I was light and agile and I could go. And there's nothing like saying, what's in that next basin? I wonder what's over the top of that hill. I wonder what's around the backside. I, I wonder if that buck went into that, that drainage, et cetera. And being able to just go without saying, man, I don't think I can make that hike today or that would take me too long or whatever. Um, at some level, like you've got to be able to get around up there. And if you're prepared, you know, you're going to be more successful. The harder I work, the luckier I get with hunting. Um, I feel like the more opportunities you can put in your lap, the more chances you have to not screw everything up and actually connect on an animal. And you've got to be physically prepared to open those doors, period. So, you know, we understand the importance now just of being physically fit for a hunt. You know, it opens these opportunities. It helps you make the most of, uh, of each hunt, you know, that, that short period of the year where we do get to be out and hunting in the backcountry. But, um, you know, I also get a lot of people that say, you know what, you don't need to 
you don't need to do all this stuff. You don't need to run. You don't need to lift weights. What you need to do is just put on a pack and go for a hike. What's, uh, you know, what's, what's your thoughts on that? Okay. So you're, I, I hike three days a week. I hike minimum of four miles a trip and there's two to 5,000 vertical feet. I'm hiking in rugged, rugged terrain. So I absolutely agree 1000% with that statement. No substitute for hiking with a heavy backpack because it was, you're actually in the field applying that. Now, that's me who lives in Salt Lake City, Utah. I'm surrounded in 360 degrees by 10 to 12,000 foot peaks. I can hike any day of the week and be home and to work by 7:30 in the morning. Most guys don't have access to mountains, or if they do, it's not convenient to go three days a week before work. So for those guys, which I feel is the vast majority, you have to at some level train or go to a gym or use a treadmill or like you said, run or bike. They're not, they're not substitutes per se, but, but they're, well, they are substitutes. They're just, they're not a, you know, a dollar for dollar exchange. They're, they're the best that you have to work with. And you can synthesize, you can synthesize a lot of the stuff by like, um, or, or excuse me, simulate a lot of the stuff by like wearing a pack on a treadmill or doing heavy lunges and stuff like that to kind of replicate those movements that come from the mountain. But yeah, absolutely nothing is going to top just hiking around in the steep, rugged terrain. Um, and I think that's where a lot of guys fall into this trap again. You can't take for granted that you have a mountain in your backyard and, and that's <laughs> how you're supposed to do it. All of us know that we, we would be hiking the mountain if we had access to it. It's just some of us urban guys, um, you know, they don't, you don't have that proximity. And so it's not convenient. That doesn't mean you shouldn't be on a treadmill five days a week, you know? So that's my take on it. Now, and I'm lucky enough, I'm right in the middle of Hollywood. And so right behind me, there's Hollywood Hills. So I may not, I may not exactly be hiking up a mountain, but at least I can, you know, throw on a pack and I get a little bit of, a little bit of incline there and get, get that good burn in my legs. But so talking about, you know, I know I need to train, I know I can hike with a pack, but uh, I need to supplement this. What, uh, what's important? When you're going to the gym, uh, what do I want to start focusing on? What things do I want to work on? You know, do I want to be going heavy? Do I want to be going light? What do I, you know, where do I want to go? How do I start? It's relative to the individual. I mean, it, ultimately, like, are you, are you 40% body fat? Are you 30? Are you 20? Are you 25? Are you 35 years old? Are you 45 years old? A lot of variables, but I'm going to speak very generally here. I'm assuming most guys are a little bit overweight and a little bit under muscular developed. So I would do a combination of both. I would do functional exercises that are going to engage in, and, and, and grow muscle, but also uh, improve cardiovascular performance. So stuff like, um, lunges, um, body weight exercises, pushups, pull-ups, um, stair climbers, um, squats, uh, all of these things are going to replicate again, mountain movements, and they're going to directly correlate to mountain performance. Like you got to know that if you're going to be climbing mountains, you probably ought to work on your legs. You've got to work on high knee steps. You have to do step ups on boxes. You got to do lunges. Um, you got to do lateral lunges to work on building connective tissue and ankle joints and knee joints and just functional, functional workouts that are going to, again, directly correlate to your performance. If you want to be a, uh, a bodybuilder, you're going to train differently than a guy that wants to be a hunter. I try to marry the two and try to stay in like 
not bodybuilding size, but more just conditioning and keep a physique that looks good with my shirt off on the beach, but also have the muscles that are functional and useful for hunting. But for most guys in general, I'm thinking you're going to want to lose body fat and build a little bit of muscle and increase your cardio. And there's a ton of resources. I have a website that's built around training to hunt. I have workout programs. I have cardio programs and they're for free. They're just on YouTube. It's just content that I've shared because I had a lot of guys ask about it and I figured to make a video to respond. Um, and, and I think once you get to there, you can kind of adapt and tweak stuff to your own liking and say, wow, I really enjoyed doing that. I'm going to do it more. I don't really like that. I'm not going to do it as much. Uh, but at the end of the day, it is extremely subjective. Like each person has a different deck of cards they're dealt and also different goals on where they want to get them. And so you kind of have to maybe, maybe just trial and error, but also reach out to resources and, and get some more direction. Well, you know, and I, I've noticed that's definitely, uh, one thing that is that is not lacking, especially nowadays in the hunting community, is uh, those resources for for training to hunt. Yeah, it's funny. I'll get messages, countless messages a day asking me for programs and what do I do for this? And I literally cut and paste a YouTube video that I made three years ago that answers their question because all content is available online. You guys have to, you got to learn to Google stuff and, and YouTube it. There's just... There's YouTube videos for everything, everything. You just type in your question. How do I get in shape to hunt? Watch how many YouTube videos will pop up. There's probably 40 and they're all very, very real and, and applicable and functional. So um, just, just start digesting the information, applying it to your life. Don't overthink it. It's very simple. You know, what you do that's hard becomes easier with time and repetition. And so whether it's dieting, whether it's training, whether it's cardio, probably going to be a pain in the ass to start, but anything of consequence in life usually is. And <laughs> the more you do it, the more you'll learn to appreciate it. You'll see results and you'll be continuously, you know, more and more and more motivated because the results, you know, lead you to want it more. And so uh, just get going, you know, like just jump in. There's no, again, I, I think a lot of guys, it's like they're comp they compare themselves to other people and they're like, Oh man, I could never get to where he's at. Well, who cares? Where are you at? Where are you going to be tomorrow? That that's all that matters. Only person matters. you're competing against is is yourself with this, with with fitness, with hunting, with with all of this. That's yeah. People people always say that to me. You know, you know, you're you're not that big, or you're not that ripped. And I'm like, hey, you should have seen me ten years ago, dog. Like, <laughs> I've come a long ways. So, and the guys that are saying that are trolls. It's not, not like someone that actually is sincerely trying to critique me. I'm not at that level. I'm not trying to be, I'm just trying to improve. I want to feel good and I want to be able to just go anywhere I want, you know? That's the right attitude to have. There's always going to be, there's always going to be people that are going to find something to criticize you about there. You know, it's just, you know what, have fun, waste your, waste your energy on, on talking crap. And me on the other hand, I'll be spending my time, doing my best to make a better version of myself. So hundred percent, man. It's, that's a great sum up of it. Nice summary. <laughs> At Midway USA, we know the AR-15 is one of the most popular rifles in modern American history. Known for its modularity and widespread use, it's often considered essential to any gun collection. The essential things you need to run an AR-15 are usually always in stock during shortages. Things like magazines and 5.56 ammo. Whether you're looking to buy a new AR-15 or buy parts for your modern sporting rifle, 
Log on, and for just about everything for the outdoors, shop MidwayUSA.com. So, you know, a big a big portion of fitness, it isn't just your time hiking with your pack. It isn't just your time, you know, on the machines or on the weights at the gym. Uh, it's also um, your diet. That's the one... I mean, I always, I've always struggled with working out, but you know, it was something I could eventually convince myself to do, but diet was the big thing for me is I'm just not at all capable of, of managing my diet. And so that's been a huge struggle for me. And I know you're, uh, you're a big proponent of the keto diet, right? Yeah. Um, maybe you could talk just a little bit about that, you know, give the, give a quick explanation, uh, for those who may not fully uh, fully understand what that is, well, as, as alien and strange as it may seem, I've actually enjoyed dieting for the last twenty years. I've loved using my body as an experiment to try different combinations of foods, different macronutrient breakdowns, different uh, diet programs, uh, different workout programs. I like trying them out and seeing how my body reacts and tweaking it accordingly. I think it's fascinating, and I. I just love it. So I've tried every diet out there. I've read every book. I've watched every video. I've bought the P90X stuff. I've done all the CrossFit programs. I mean, I just try them all because I like to see, you know, how my body reacts to it. And so um, the last few years and, 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 well, the last 10 years, I've done some competitive uh, bodybuilding competitions and stuff. And I subscribe to the, the chicken, rice, and um, broccoli diet where you just have no flavor uh, cut carbs to cut fat, keep protein high, uh, fat should be almost, you know, non-existent from your diet or very small amounts of it. And what I found was, is I can get lean, but I lose a lot of muscle and I I'm stressed out and I'm an irritable cranky (laughs) while I'm dieting. And that's not conducive to being a good fat husband, father, employee, you know, it's just, you can't, you can't coat, you can't exist in this world while your body is literally starving itself to death. And that's what I never liked about it. I like being lean. I like being able to take my shirt off at the beach and have an abs. And that's always been important to me for whatever reason, but getting there is a, is a pain. So um, again, I'm always looking for that magic diet. Well, the keto diet or the ketogenic diet is something I stumbled on about four months ago. And the guy that was advocating it is absolutely shredded looks amazing. He's actually a fitness competitor, uh, like world, you know, world level, like top tier. Um, and this guy starts talking about my appetite is satiated. And all I do to get there is I've eliminated carbs from my diet. I keep protein moderate and I eat a pile of fats. And he starts going through his diet of cheese and bacon and avocados and coconut oil and nuts and seeds and greens and chicken and salmon. And I'm like, dude, I eat all that stuff anyways. <laughs> um, the, the, co- the common denominator, though, was there's no carbohydrates because with ketosis, what you're basically doing is you're teaching your body uh, to wean away from glucose and carbohydrates as an energy source and turn to fats. Uh, that are metabolized in your liver into what are called ketone bodies. And the ketone body is the new fuel source. So it's almost like the sugar molecule, except for we don't have sugar. Sugar has all sorts of detrimental effects to your, to your stamina, to your moods, to your blood sugar, to body fat storage, et cetera. 
Um, the keto diet in general uh, teaches that your body runs more efficiently, you burn fat more efficiently, your brain thrives on high fats, your hormone levels are higher because hormones, hormones are comprised of, of fat, uh, cholesterols and fats. Uh, I mean, it, on paper, the thing looks absolutely amazing. And who doesn't want to go on a diet where they can eat cheese and bacon with their broccoli and oh, not feel like you're limited? Um, I I'll tell you right now, and I, I don't know how deep you want to go into it. When you become, once you cut carbs out of your diet, you're, you're going to crash. You're going to feel like dog shit for three or four days because your body, it's like you're, you're going through a relapse. You're a drug addict and we're going to pull you away from that narcotic. And that narcotic is sugar. And don't think that at some level sugar is not addicting and there's dopamine connections. I mean, sugar is a, is a drug a hundred percent. We crave it like we would crave a drug. Once you break that barrier and your body says, okay, sugar is no longer coming in the mouth. It doesn't exist anymore. What do we do to fuel our energy, fuel our exercise, fuel our function? Then it turns to the ketones and starts processing fat. When that happens, you feel absolutely amazing. And it is, it's indescribable unless you've done it. The way your brain works, the way you sleep, your digestion, your skin clears up. There's so many like fascinating side effects that come from this. I've made YouTube videos, probably 50 videos in two and a half months about keto, uh, just to relay all these experiences. Athletic performance is amazing because remember fat molecules are nine calories per gram, carbs and protein are four. You don't have to eat as much quantity to get double the amount of nutrient density. And so fats make way more sense to me as a hunter because I don't have to pack as much food. I just switch the type of food that has double the energy crammed into it. I don't have to eat as often. I can go further. And your body actually thrives um, endurance training-wise on, on fats. It, it's amazing how well you do with it. Um, it's just been a trial and error thing for me. I've lost a ton of weight on purpose. I'm, I always do a cut in the spring. I've been doing a keto cut right now and, and obviously vlogging it on YouTube and uh, learning as I go. But in the meantime, like I'm absolutely scratching my head every time I – Eat, eat my breakfast or my bacon or whatever. And I'm just like, I can't believe I'm getting shredded eating these types of foods, but it, it, it's legit. And it's actually, I believe going to be a Atkins diet on steroids. Like I think it's going to be huge for the next few years. I really do. That sounds like the dream diet for me. That's my, the, the bacon, eggs and avocado <laughs> are like my morning. I feel like honestly, I've just been naturally toward a sort of lending myself to that kind of diet. Anyways, I've been, trying to cut way back on the carbs and, um, you know, it's, I'm, I'm such a sugar fiend between even just, you know, the processed stuff and candy and whatnot. And then, and then fruit it's, that's definitely difficult. And this week I actually, uh, I've, I've been pretty good, but then this week I, I grabbed a handful of M&Ms and it was just like giving a needle to a heroin fiend, I'm sure. But, uh, sure. Yeah. You relapsed. Um, well, here, here's the thing. If you look at, you know, let's say humans have been around, I'm, I know for millions of years, but let's just say even 10,000 years, uh, until the last 200 years, most humans were out gathering food. They were picking up nuts and seeds. They were killing animals. They were eating the animal flesh. They, they weren't cultivating crops, uh, per se. I mean, there's population populations that have, and there's also, fruits ready avail readily available around the equator and stuff. But like in our area where I live in Utah, you know, 
200 years ago, there was nothing to eat other than animals and some roots and nuts and things like that. And I mean, your body, as a human being, we've adapted to eat a certain way. And in the last few hundred years, we've been adding these artificials, these carbohydrates, these fruits and seasonal things that normally never existed in our diet. And that's why there's this huge out, you know, this onset of diabetes and weight gain and uh, all sorts of toxins and crap. So the keto diet actually is very logical because it's pretty much what humans have been eating for since they popped up. So it makes sense that your body would be more efficient with it because it's kind of our diet that we've adapted to eat. So now, you know, there, you kind of, you kind of touched on a little bit, but there's definitely going to be a bit of a transition time, you know, say you, you've been trying different diets, whatever, whatever it may be, but you're used to having these carbs, um, you know, I'm sure it's somewhat individual to people, uh, but what kind of what kind of transition time do you do you think you'd typically see when you're moving from, you know, uh, eating a lot of these fruits and and carbs and stuff, then to trying to switch over to something uh, like keto? Well, your body stores its energy in a form of what's called glycogen, and it's stored intramuscularly in your muscle tissue and also in your liver. Um, for the average person who doesn't do anything that just sits around, it might take them a week or two to burn through their, their glycogen stores and um, basically force their body to seek another energy alternative, which is the fats. Um, if you're active and you're training and you're doing cardio and you're hiking like me, uh, I was in full-blown ketosis in three days because – my body crashed the second day. It's like, where's the carbs? What are you doing? What are we supposed to run on? And I was, I had what's called the keto flu. You, you feel horrible. You're completely dehydrated. You're depleted of minerals. Um, you lose a ton of water when you flush carbs because carbohydrates actually increase water storage inside the muscle tissue. So when you bump those carbs at the glycogen out of the muscles, you lose water weight. So most people lose 5% of their body weight just in water in the first two, three days. Well, when you lose water at that level, you also lose sodium, potassium, magnesium, electrolytes, just micronutrients that you need that normally are just packed away. You're flushing them. So the, a lot of byproducts is headaches and nausea and stuff like that. And so uh, the, one of the fascinating things about keto is you're not limited on your salt intake I, I i literally eat five to seven grams of salt a day which as a as a bodybuilder like that's just that's obscene like most guys will <laughs> run around two to three grams but you need salt when you're a keto you go to the bathroom a lot more you don't hold water so um that, that got rid of all my my flu symptoms um the salt i drink chicken broth um i i eat two avocados every day for the potassium um, and I eat a ton of greens like, like, uh, spinach and kale and things like that to not only assist in digestion, but they're nutrient rich. They're packed with vitamin D, A, B, um, iron, you know, everything. So, um, again, the more you work out, the more you expand energy, expand energy. And, and the more you, um, deplete those glycogen stores, the faster your body will flip over. So I, I do diet coaching and I, every guy that I have that jumps on keto, I'm like, do an hour of cardio post-workout for this week. I want you to just burn, burn all that sugar out of your body. And they'll, they'll go into ketosis in three or four days. Cause you have to, you, your body doesn't have a choice. It's, it's got to run on energy and there's no more carbs. It's going to flip the switch. 
Okay, so we talked a little bit about working out. Uh, we talked about diet. Um, what? Uh, so for somebody starting uh, starting to get in once again to fitness, um, what would you recommend as far as like their their daily diet? Um, you know how to, how to get started. Again, like, it's relative, man. You're working with so many vari- variables. You're, you're working with age, sex hormone levels, body fat, body composition, output, training goals, all that stuff. Um, I recommend to anyone that really wants to get results to go hire a nutritionist or a personal trainer. Um, They're all, they're all going to teach you different things and they're all going to contradict each other. But at the end of the day, like I've said it before, your journey is an individual subjective thing you personally have to figure it all out for yourself so why would you not start just gathering that info and a great resource is to have an actual body with a pulse that can <laughs> respond to you and help you kind of kind of just navigate through it all because it's confusing as hell it really is and i could recommend going on youtube and you know accessing a lot of that content that's fine but you're going to find yourself overwhelmed you're going to be disorganized you're probably going to not have a lot of uh direction as far as you know like where to go with it or what's this mean, you know? So I think it's smart to just bounce off of somebody, even if it's just for a few months. Now you don't have to hire someone necessarily. You might find a friend or, or, a, you know, someone at the gym that knows what they're doing. That's more than willing to help a family member, et cetera. There's a lot of people that are very knowledgeable that don't charge for their services. But at the end of the day, like you're going to need a living resource just to get started because you know, there's just a lot of variables and, you know, for me to give a cookie cutter program, it's, I think it'd be kind of irresponsible, you know, like it's just, there's too many factors, just way too many factors. That honestly mirrors a lot of when I talk to, talk to people on this podcast, just about anything to do with hunting, uh, whether, it, you know, it's fitness or just learning about hunting. That's one of the first things they tell me is just in general is find someone that knows what they're doing, find a mentor. And in this case, you know, maybe a trainer or a nutritionist. Uh, find an expert and pick their brain as much as you possibly can. You know, it's, and that's one of the things I love about doing this podcast is, you know, I get, I get the chance to sit down with, with guys like you and uh, just all these, all these fantastic people that I admire and respect. And um, I get, I get to learn firsthand and, you know, uh, however much I do like to share this information with, with everyone call me uh call my reasons a little bit selfish behind it. It gives me an excuse to, uh, to <laughs> grab people's attention for, for half an hour, 45 minutes and, and ask all the questions I want to learn about. No, that's, that's a great, great point. I mean, some of the wealthiest, most successful people in my life, they've always had the common theme of find someone that's doing it better than you and copy them. Why, why would you go out <laughs> and reinvent the will? Uh, I don't, I, you know, I go to a rich guy if I want to get rich. When I was in real estate finance in college, I remember one of the kids, and this is like an upper division, you know, this is a higher graduate level class. And I remember our teachers up there going through all these cap returns and ROIs and all these formulas. And some kid is a total smart ass, but so funny. He raises his hand. He's like, doctor, uh, blah, blah, blah. How many rental properties do you own? Oh, I don't own rentals. I teach school. And, and the kid just scratched his head. And I'll never forget that. That was almost 20 years ago. 
And I, I can remember like, why am I learning how to buy and sell rental properties from a guy that doesn't even own them? He's just regurgitating information out of the book. I want to go find a real estate mogul uh, that's rich, that drives a Bentley or a Rover or something that, that knows what's up, you know? And, and that's what I did. Like when I jumped into the real estate side of things, I, I went to the guys that were playing the game. They weren't talking about it, you know? And I feel like it's the same thing with anything in consequence of life. You want to get shredded, go talk to a guy that's shredded. If he's an asshole, go find another one. There's going to be someone <laughs> out there that's humble and friendly and they'll, and they'll give you the info because the bottom line is dude, like I love sharing things that make me happy because it makes me happier. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. You said selfish motivators for doing these podcasts. Hey dude, I totally feel what you're saying there because I love to help people get in shape. I love to see them smile. I love to say, see them send me a picture of their buck they shot at 10,000 feet because they worked their tail off all year. It's extremely fulfilling. I don't get compensated for that. It's just cool. It's like there's more to life, you know? And so, again, just find someone that knows what they're doing and be a sponge. Be humble. Just ask questions and then shut up and listen. And you'd be surprised how much other people can, you know, save you as far as time and mistakes and errors by saying, don't go this way, do this, do this, don't do this because they learn from experience or possibly from someone else. And it's kind of like a perpetual education where you're constantly sharing your experiences with others and they're passing it on, et cetera, you know? No, absolutely. Um, I can't have, I feel like this, this fitness discussion without at least talking supplements. And I know for some people it's, I feel like it's, Recently, it's become a more accepted thing, but I know a lot of a lot of people are super critical of taking supplements. They feel like it does more harm than good. I, you know, I'm of the opinion that I, I feel like they help me out quite a bit. But um, you know, I'd love to hear some of your thoughts on that. Well, first of all, supplements—the name implies it all. They are a supplement. They're an extra. They're an addition to. They're addition to a healthy diet of whole foods. So supplements alone are not going to do anything for anyone. I could take all the protein powder and creatine and pre-workout and sit on my ass. I'm not going to grow. I'm not going to get shredded. Vice versa, uh, you know, I I can take hiking formulas and all this stuff. And if I don't hike, it's not going to benefit me. But if I eat a clean diet and I exercise, Supplements absolutely will improve performance, improve my stamina and my also my motivation. They'll improve recovery. And there's a reason there's a market for them is because they actually work. Now, are there garbage supplements out there? Absolutely. How do you know? Try them. Try them all. I bought everything. I've bought them at Costco. I bought them at bodybuilding.com. I've used uh, different supplements in the hunting community. I, I work with Mountain Ops now as a partner. Um, there, there's a lot of great supplement companies out there that use very similar formulations, that use very similar products. Uh, but at the end of the day, they're all going to do similar types of things. So I'm a huge believer in supplements. I take them religiously on a daily basis. I tra- take them for training. I take them for recovery. I take them for, for performance on the mountain. Um, but at the end of the day, like I said, you do have to still eat a healthy, balanced diet of whole foods because real food is what your body needs first, then exercise, then supplementation. And, and it's got to be in that order. You, you, you're not going to put the supplements before the food or before the exercise. You're going to eat good. You're going to rest adequately. You're going to train and you're going to supplement. 
and that's that's how they work. And any supplement company that says otherwise, they're they're just lying to you because they most of them don't claim to do anything more than improve or enhance as a supplementation to whatever platform you have. You know what I mean? I definitely think yeah, that's the important thing to remember. And I know sometimes I'll get I'll get busy and it's you know I'll want to just. Uh, you know, whatever, just, just shake up some ammo and, uh, uh, make my protein shake and, and call that a meal. Um, when I need to realize, okay, you know, this is, this is not a full replacement for, uh, <laughs> for eating real food. And it's, it's definitely, it's, it's an easy trap to fall into. Um, I, cause I know I, I struggle with that as I, as I said, you know, I already have trouble, maintaining a good diet and when something is as just easy as as you know rattling a shaker bottle for a while and and calling it lunch it's it's easy to not slip into that well the good thing about mountain ops and the the ammo and stuff is it it is it's a meal replacement it's not a six meal a day diet you know it's just a it's supplement so like for example i'm sure you don't always eat ammo all your meals. It's just a, it's a matter of getting your nutrition, uh, in a, in a nice smaller packet in, in general. And, and first of all, the ingredients in there are all healthy and whole and natural. So it's not like toxic to take that stuff in, but in general, you're going to want to eat a balanced, you know, whole foods. And that, that, that mountain ops here and there is, is a great way to supplement again, what you're eating, but it's never going to substitute, uh, an entire diet. You know, you've got to have whole grains and, you know, whatever you're, the platform of dieting is, but I mean, just whole foods for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Boat Trader is America's largest boating marketplace with over 100,000 boats to choose from. We offer simple, comprehensive solutions for those looking to sell, find, and finance new or used boats. Visit BoatTrader.com to get started. Now, can you share like any stories where, uh, I mean, this may sound kind of cheesy, but your physical fitness is really what ended up allowing you to take, take this animal. Like if you, if you hadn't been, um, as prepared physically, you know, the hunt wouldn't, wouldn't have worked out, or at least you wouldn't have taken, taken, uh, that specific animal or anything like that. Yeah. I, uh, I, I, the answer is not going to be a single time because it's every single time I hunt, people don't realize I, I, I hunt a hundred days a year minimum. I probably kill three to five animals. So in order to kill three to five, and I, and I, 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 I kill trophy animals. I have no problems admitting that I'm not a, I, I eat every ounce of the flesh, but I'm after a older age class. I, you know, I'm looking for the downhill old warrior that's out of the gene pool that's lived his life. That's the ultimate conservation to me is taking the mature animals out of the herd. So the younger ones can grow and thrive and thirst or flourish. Um, but yeah, I, in order to hunt a hundred days a year in the country I hunt, you have to be in shape. And in order to harvest animals consistently, you have to hunt a lot. And so there's not one time because it happens to me hundreds and hundreds of times a year where, because I'm able to go one more ridge, because I'm able to get to that saddle before the deer crest it or before the sun goes down, because I'm ready and prepared, because I have been there and done that, I'm able to accomplish things that I wouldn't have if I hadn't. Am I a good hunter? No, I'm a terrible hunter. I'm I'm one of the worst hunters ever, but I go (laughs) a lot more than other people and I don't quit. I'm not limited by my skills. 
You know, I, 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 there's guys that could get it done in three days. Would I take 10 days to do, but guess what? At the end of the day, we both killed the deer, you know, three days or 10 days, you still have the same reward. Um, and I'm one of those, I'm the latter. I'm the guy that takes longer, takes more swings, but you know, I still score the runs and I still connect with those animals. And even if I don't, I still have fulfilling experiences and, and I don't quantify my success by animals. I just went throughout the process. I'm enjoying it. So, um, yeah, being in shape is, it's going to help you every day or on the hill in, in limitless ways. So I do, I do want to, want to bring up one thing and I hope you don't mind, but I do want to ask about, uh, not too long ago, you released the video, you were out shed hunting and you cut your arm. That was, uh, I, I was, I was recently watching that and I watched your follow-up video and I just wanted to say, um, I really was able to appreciate your, your thoughts on that. And I really admired that you released that video. I know you got a lot of flack for it from people. Um, but I just, I, I really wanted to say, I admire you releasing that, that video cause not everyone will, will admit to, uh, I don't even want to call it a failure necessarily, but like, it, you know, their mistakes. And I feel like you really owned up to that one. And that was a, uh, it was a really admirable thing you put out there. I appreciate that, man. That was my, my intention was to just remind people to slow down and to be prepared. That's it. That's it. There was no motive motivator behind that. It was, uh, for a guy like me and, you know, I'll, I'll probably sound arrogant for saying this, but I, I know a handful of people on this earth that I feel could out hike me or outwork, you know, outwork me in the gym. And that is a fact. So, of the masses of people that, you know, criticize or question what happened. I could give two, I don't care. They, they don't <laughs> hunt where I hunt. They don't hunt with me. They don't know what I, they, they're not me. They don't, they weren't there. And, and for them to judge from a keyboard is absolute nonsense to me. Um, I, I was four miles from my vehicle, which is almost four hours of hiking. I was, didn't take my pack because I wanted to go light because I was cocky and figured I could get all the way to the top of a 10,500 foot foot um, ridge system to find these sheds that I'd spotted the week before. And I just, I, I just, one stupid decision after another led to a really serious life threatening case. And, you know, one thing that a lot of people missed from the story was, you know, I cut my arm and that's fine. I lost two units of blood. But what hurt me the most and what messed me up the most was my leg got crushed. My mm-hmm. thigh, I, I, the rock landed on my thigh. So I'm 200 pounds. Like to walk three and a half, four miles down 3,000 vertical rocky slopes with one leg and no water and no jacket and an arm full of stupid sheds that I should have just left up there. But I was so out of my mind, I carried them. Uh, my body just said to hell with this and shut down. It just shut down. I was passing out. I was short on blood. I was dehydrated again. I was cold, pre-hypothermic. It was just, I just did a bunch of bonehead bozo stuff that could happen to any one of us at any given time. And considering how often I hike that country and how often I'm up there, I mean, it's amazing to me. It hasn't happened sooner because I'm very, very often do stupid stuff like that. And it, it gave me a gut check and I have no problem admitting that I made a mistake and I have no problem admitting that, um, I could have prepared and prevented it. And if it helps one guy down the road uh, to just, you know, get that reality check and, you know, reset their bearings and re- recheck their pack and 
double, you know, think things through a little more than, than, than it was a mission accomplished. Now that I have to wade through a bunch of bullshit online with a bunch of trolls who have nothing better to do than to follow me around and criticize me. But yeah, I did. I knew it was coming, but the vast majority of my support system and followers and friends, uh, I mean, literally, I would say 99.9% of people said, Hey dude, I'm glad you're okay. Cause I care about you. And I'm glad that you shared that because it reminded me that I need to get my stuff together as well. And that was the whole purpose, you know? Mm-hmm. So it was mission accomplished hundred percent. You know, fitness can make you the most capable person on the mountain, but nothing is going to make you invincible. And it's, you know, it's a reminder all of us need and it's just very valuable, I think, to everyone that you shared that. Thanks, um, man. No, of course. And so, uh, so what are you, what are you excited for this year? What's, uh, what should we be keeping an eye out for coming from, coming from Zach? What's, what's coming up from you? Uh, I've got, you know, I do, do the application. So I apply for hunts in every state. I've been applied for hunts in every state for 20 years. Um, I've killed some awesome animals by waiting my turn and playing the point systems. And I've got applications out for every species and every state imaginable. And they're going to start popping up on the board to see what the, you know, what the fall entails. I don't know what tags I have yet. Cause I haven't seen the draw results. Uh, but I, I am going to Alaska next week to hunt black bears with my wife. We're going to both hunt bears, uh, spring bears and black in uh, near Fairbanks. So that'll be fun. It'll be an archery hunt. Um, and then I've got uh, scouting season. I mean, I've, I'm picking up sheds still, and I'm literally putting up my cameras uh, on the way out in that in those high country basins to start watching the, the bucks and their horn development and the progression. Um, I, I literally, I'm a I'm a, a serial killer when it comes to these animals. I stalk them religiously. <laughs> I have names for all these bucks. I watch them all spring and summer. I pick up, I try to kill them in the fall and then I pick up their horns in the spring. I mean, it's just a residual every single year, just repeat the process. So I'm up there looking for their sheds and I'm putting up cameras to watch them grow on the new horns that I'm going to chase this year. So it's going to be a busy summer as always, but I love doing it and I love being up there and, you know, I don't even, my bow won't even come with me until August and I'm sure I'll make 30 or 40 trips into that same country uh, until then. Well, uh, as we're winding down on time here, one, one last final thought. Do you have any uh, words of encouragement for folks like myself that may be in the city and may feel a little overwhelmed by trying to, trying to get out and do this stuff and hunt, or even just possibly new hunters who, who are thinking, like, I, I love the idea of hunting. I you know, love the outdoors, but I just... I, I just am intimidated by it. It's, it's a lot of work, a lot of stuff to learn, a lot of stuff to do. What would you, what would you say to those folks? Um, luckily with Instagram and social media and YouTube, I, I think you can get a lot of your fix just online through daily posts and stuff. There's, there's great, great community of hunters that share their successes and their experiences. Um, what that provides for guys that don't have maybe the access or the know-how is, they have a resource where they can reach out to people that that are doing it and, and, and get information on where to start. Um, you know, I get several messages a day. Hey man, I'd like to hunt elk in the West one day. What do I do to prepare? And I'll give them some basic information and they have to run with it from there. I'm not going to hold their hand and take them to my spots, but you're going to, you're going to have to learn you know, the way most of us do, which is just getting out there and planning a couple trips and saying, this might take three or four years, but every year I'm going to go out in September and I'm going to learn how to hunt elk and I'm going to do it. And 
I think a lot of guys get frustrated when that's my response because they, they kind of want a little bit easier in, but the bottom line is all of us have had to go through that type, you know, of uh, development and growth in some way. So um, that, that would be my recommendation is just get involved with the hunting community, get involved with uh, the social media aspects of it, uh, start communicating with people, start finding like-minded individuals in your area that you can collaborate with, you can train with, you can shoot your bows with, um, and, and plan hunts with. I mean, it's, it's a, it's a brotherhood. It's a, it's a fellowship. It's a, it's a team, you know, we're all, we're all on the same path, same goal to just enjoy ourselves out there. So most hunters you'll find are, are very humble and approachable and willing to share uh, information, especially to guys that are new to the sport and want to expand, you know? No, I appreciate that very much. And, um, you know, I, I think community, the hunting community is one of the most honestly generous, generous groups of people. Um, like you said, you know, not going to show you my exact spot, but, uh, you know, everyone that I've reached out to, I know has been, has been super helpful, super supportive, always willing to kind of go that, that extra mile to, to introduce you to someone or, or, or point you towards resources that will, will help you with that. Um, but so I just want to say thank you so much, Zach, for hopping on the show, taking time to, uh, share your experience and advice, uh, with my listeners. I appreciate it very much. No, thank you for the invite. And it was really fun. I, uh, this is, like I said, I live for this crap. So anytime (laughs) I'd love to be back on and I appreciate you for extending the invitation. All right, y'all, that'll do it for episode 16 of Living Country in the City. If you want to get those fitness tips and check out all the great things Zach is putting out there, get all his social links on our show notes page at livingcountryinthecity.com slash 16. Don't forget, give me a follow on Instagram. Make sure you don't miss out on any of my new episodes by subscribing on your favorite podcast platform. And if y'all like the show, give it a good rating and review. But in the meantime, stay country, y'all. Thank y'all for listening to Living Country in the City. Get show notes and check out the blog, product reviews, events, and more at livingcountryinthecity.com. Pursuing wild game in wild places. Tune in to Hunt Stand Presents Saturdays at 8.30 p.m. Eastern. Waypoint TV, the destination for outdoor entertainment. You want to succeed, you want to fish, you want to be one of the greatest. <laughs> Tune in to West Marine's Life on the Water, presented by Costa Custom Boats, every Saturday night from 7 to 9 p.m. Eastern on Waypoint TV.